This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatal. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me and making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. Um, first things first, uh, I have swapped out the, the microphone that's been causing us some issues for one uh, for the old one, uh, whilst we await, uh, it's not a new mic, uh, Mr. Robo 19 plays, it's the old mic uh, that I've swapped in for the moment until we sort out a new one, which is, I just can't seemingly rely on that one. However, this is a good chance to kind of test whether or not um, it's the mic or if it's StreamYard or if it's something. So if we have any mic issues in today's show, we finally will be able to kind of sort out <laughs> what the issues are. So, uh, so let's wait and see what happens and what goes on. But yeah, we got uh, we're bringing in. Uh, it's like when Matthew Flamini returns, if you like. We have got the Matthew Flamini of microphones. Let's hope he can do a good job and score a brilliant goal in the North London derby, shall we? Uh, good morning, those joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, let's go to uh, Matt G. Good morning to you to Blackshine, Stuart McFarlane, Sessan, uh, PJ. We've got Femi Odirile, Rich, Aiden, Tony. Uh, good morning to Olu and Kaiser. Runs with cows, Ray, NSW, Paul. We've got uh, N10 Coffee. Uh, we've got Morgie. I feel like some people just name themselves after like brands to promote on my show for free. I mean, it's it's not a bad idea, but come on. <laughs> come on. There are other coffee brands available. Uh, good morning. Uh, thank you, everybody, for doing I was going to say thank you, everybody, for doing so well. Uh, if you are doing well, thank you. If you're not, I'm hoping that the show can put you in a much better place because, my goodness, what a silly, silly day yesterday was. Yesterday was a joke. It was an absolute disgrace of a day in regarding football transfers. It was absolutely mental. And um, it kind of made me wake up this morning and go, what is this? What is today going to throw up? What is it going to throw up to us today? Because I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. But we're going to talk through all of yesterday's news and, of course, go to your questions in part two as well. If you haven't already dropped a like on the video, please make sure that you do that. It takes you just a quick second and it really does help us out. Uh, let's go to the stories then without further ado. We kick off and I'm going to kind of do the day, if you like, in chronological order as best I can. Because uh, <laughs> because there's just so much chaos happened. I think covering it as it happened is probably the best way to do so. So at 9am yesterday, obviously, we saw the Premier League fixtures released officially. And uh, we've got here the list of fixtures. We kick off our season against Nottingham Forest on the 12th of August. Uh, we then play against Crystal Palace and Fulham to finish off August. September sees our first test against a big six side, Manchester United, followed by Everton away, a notoriously very difficult game for us. Then the North London derby on the 23rd of September, unless it moves, of course, which I expect it probably will do. Um, the North London derby there on the 23rd probably will move to the 24th though of September. We then travel to Bournemouth, which was a pretty comfortable game for us last season, early on again last season. And we have that again 
uh, away at the Vitality. Then in October, we kick off the big game against Man City. Arsenal actually being able to play uh, their potential title rivals. Who knows where Arsenal will be come next season? We'll have to wait and see. Um, and then Chelsea and Sheffield United at home. Uh, November, we have Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Brentford away. December then sees a very, very busy fixture schedule, which includes not only these games, but FA Cup, uh, not FA Cup, sorry, potentially League Cup games and Champions League group stage games. Uh, Wolves at home, Luton away, Aston Villa away, Brighton at home, Liverpool away on the 23rd, and then three days later, we play West Ham United at home, Fulham away two days before the new year. And then into January, we've got Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest away. February, because obviously January is full of cup games, if you're still in those competitions. Uh, February returns to the Champions League knockouts and we play Liverpool at home, West Ham away before we play the first round, if indeed we do qualify, of course, uh, the knockouts of the Champions League. Then we have Burnley away, Newcastle at home. Sheffield United away kicks off March. Brentford and Chelsea at home follow. Then it's Manchester City away at the end of March, which means that we've got, I think, eight games. uh, Eight games after Man City still at that point as well. Luton at home, Brighton away, Aston Villa at home, Wolves away and Spurs away is the April matches. And the season finishes off with Bournemouth at home, Manchester United away in the penultimate game of the season. Could Arsenal win the league at Old Trafford again? We'll have to wait and see. And Everton at home. And it's worth pointing out as well that that Tottenham Hotspur away game on the 27th of April is two days after the 20th anniversary of Arsenal winning the league at White Hart Lane. So uh, some big fixtures in there, of course, some really interesting games. It's also worth pointing out Mark Man Bryans of PA also worked this out. I saw he posted it on Twitter that uh, every single Champions League group stage game is followed by a home Premier League fixture. So that's an interesting one to consider as well. Moving forwards and Arsenal, uh, as we saw soon after the fixtures were released, had their first bid sent in uh, by uh, the club to West Ham United for Declan Rice. David Ormstein reported that. And then almost immediately after we learned of the first bid going in, Alex Crook of TalkSport reported that that bid had indeed been rejected, which sent kind of all of the media into a bit of a flurry, chasing up links, chasing up sources. Uh, I reported that that bid that Arsenal put in was at least a guaranteed amount of £80 million with at least uh, £10 in add-ons added on to that. Uh, My colleague at Football.London, Kai Karnak, reported that the £80 was split over six years of instalments, which is kind of mad. Um, I I don't really understand if it is indeed true that I don't really get why Arsenal would think that that would be the right way to approach the potential Rice move is to split their guaranteed payment over six years. I know that we are trying to like bend our way through the the financial restrictions if there are any, which I really don't get why there should be. Um, But yeah, 90 million, at least 90 million pound bid rejected. And there is an expectation that Arsenal will indeed go back with a second bid of over 100 million uh, for Declan Rice. So we will keep you updated, of course. We'll keep talking about this story. We'll keep following it. We did say that it would step up. We did say that the race would kind of kick off in the wake of the UEFA Conference League final, and that has indeed now happened. But Manchester City have also said to got an interest in Declan Rice. That said, what I want to tell you, what I certainly feel about this, is that all of the interest regarding potential rivals, be it Man City, talk of a potential bid from elsewhere, all of this is coming from the West Ham side of things. It is within their you know, prerogative to uh, have this information public, to try and panic Arsenal into bidding uh, significantly higher than they already have done. Arsenal, to my understanding, are remaining relatively chill, but there is an expectation of a new bid going in over 100 million and uh, Arsenal want to try and get this deal wrapped up as soon as possible. So let's wait and see what today will bring. Maybe even we'll hear some news whilst we're doing the show. That would be very typical. <laughs> very, very typical indeed. Now, after that, we heard from Gary Jacob of um, of the Times, I believe it was, that uh, Arsenal had seen their interest in Moises Caicedo cool somewhat. In fact, they even reported that uh, um, the interest had subsided completely and that we kind of pulled out of the uh, the the deal for Moises Caicedo. We heard from Ben Jacobs as well that Arsenal's interest in Moises Caicedo had indeed called. And I think that this was kind of the 
<laughs> this was the the <laughs> the thing that broke the camel's back, if you like, the straw that broke the camel's back in the day for Arsenal fans, who then went into absolute meltdown on social media, absolutely tore apart the Arsenal Twitter sphere. Uh, I did a, a video yesterday evening, which I'll talk about shortly, and then I jumped on with Harry and Sophie onto. Harry's Chronicles of Aguna channel. If you're not subscribed, make sure that you do so. You can go back and watch our show. And we kind of just talked for a bit about kind of the chaos of the day. But I think that the, the Caicedo news is certainly what tipped a few people over the edge. I, I kind of understand, obviously, that that frustration. I get that. And, and he's a player that I want to see at Arsenal and have wanted to see at Arsenal. What I would say is that the idea that Arsenal have called their interest, you know, it shouldn't come as much of a surprise, I don't think, because the money that Arsenal are investing potentially in Declan Rice, the expectation that Arsenal could go in and spend, you know, a similar amount of money. I mean, upwards of £100 million. I mean, there were reports, I think, from Matt Law yesterday that Brighton want as much as £120 million for Caicedo, which is a humongous amount of money for, for Caicedo. And in which case, I just can't see Arsenal matching 120 million for another midfielder um so i kind of understand if that's the money that we're talking about we're, we're gonna have to wait and see what indeed ends up happening with both rice and caicedo what money we're talking about regarding what they move for so let's see uh and let's wait and be patient on uh those moves and see what ends up happening but the latest on both is that arsenal's interest in caicedo was cooled at this point despite reports even as even as recently as yesterday, we were talking about suggestions that Arsenal had a bid ready, which certainly does not look to be true, um, but because uh, the interest is seemingly cooled at this point. So, uh, yes, Declan Rice and Caicedo, that is the latest on those two. Then we heard from Fabrizio Romano that Havertz had given the green lights uh, on a potential Arsenal move as now the clubs negotiate between themselves for a price tag. Now, we know, of course, the situation with Chelsea and the June finances that they need to try and get sales on the books before the end of this month. And Arsenal are hoping to try and get a cut price deal for Havertz done. Sammy Mottbell of the Mail reported that Arsenal would be willing to go as high as 60 million for Havertz, but Chelsea were looking for something closer to 70, 75 million. I really struggle with a price of over 50 million myself, but if Arsenal end up doing the deal, It'll be interesting to see how and where Havertz ends up fitting in. And we had a good chat on yesterday's tactical breakdown show. I was joined by Drew, Drew Thompson, who's a German football expert in both Bundesliga football. Uh, and of course, is a big follower of Arsenal, as you all well know, uh, and knows and really enjoys what he saw from Kai Havertz at Bayer Leverkusen. We had a good talk about where Kai Havertz would fit into the Arsenal team, whether or not it was kind of rotating with Jesus in the false nine role, whether it was playing with Jesus in the second striker role, or whether it would be playing kind of an eight 10 hybrid position like he did uh, by a Leverkusen. So that all of those things we discussed, we talked about the reality of the deal, what he would bring. We talked about his struggles at Chelsea and whether or not it would be a risk to bring him into Arsenal. We talked about his statistics in comparison to Jesus and Firmino and Paolo Dybala as well. So if you've not yet tuned into our tactical breakdown on Kai Havertz after you finish watching today's show, make sure you go back and catch up on that. If you're listening on audio platforms, you'll notice it's not on there. You'll need to hop over to YouTube to watch that because as the, ta the tactical breakdowns are a very visual thing. So uh, it's worth you jumping over to YouTube if you can to watch those tactical breakdowns. Then after the after the Havertz thing, the day ended uh, with reports. Fabrizio Romano again speaking and saying that Arsenal still remain very keen on Ilkay Gundogan, but Man City have apparently upped their offer. They're looking at a two-year contract with even an option of a third year now. I've said from the start of this discussion about Ilkay Gundogan that uh, Arsenal's biggest competition was indeed Man City, let alone Barcelona, because they were willing to offer him, I think, um, you know, a deal in which he would get what he wants, which is a longer-term deal, more commitment from the club. And if he had the choice of staying at City, you would assume that he would want to do that. I don't get the the argument of well he's won everything now at City what's the motivation trust me when you win a trophy you just want to win another one you want another Champions League another Premier League so okay Gundogan I expect will stay with Man City but Arsenal still very much throwing their hat into the ring is this one of the reasons why Caicedo's and the interest in Caicedo was called potentially Arsenal seemingly have looked to try and sign Gundogan over uh, Caicedo considering he's on a free you can understand why 
But uh, I still think it's very unlikely that Arsenal are able to get their hands on Gundogan. But we will see what happens. And then finally, the day ended um, with uh, with Balogun playing for the United States in a 3-0 chaotic game between the United States and Mexico. Red cards galore. Goals galore for the States. And Balogun getting his first start. Couldn't get on the score sheet, but... Uh, seemingly impressed from what I've heard. And uh, the only things I've seen from the game is kind of the chaos brawl uh, with Sergino Dest getting a red card, uh, getting in a confrontation with a number of Mexico players. I think it was Edson Alvarez that kicked it all off in the first place by just slamming it. But uh, yeah, the United States uh, beating Mexico. And with Balogun up top, they've got now a striker for the next decade, you have to think, um, that's going to be their starting option. So uh, they're going to be a, a side to watch going into the next international tournament, which, of course, is in 2026 uh, regarding the, I know we've got the Euros next year, but the 2026 international tournament at the World Cup between Mexico, United States and Canada. So that is going to be very, very exciting indeed. And that is all of today's stories and all of yesterday kind of rounded up in a nice package. So we're going to go into your thoughts, your feelings on plenty of things in today's chat box right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. Uh, firstly, I hope you've had a really good week. I hope that yesterday's stress and kind of chaos didn't ruin it for you. And I hope you were still able to kind of distract yourselves with other things. Um, I know that I was able to do that, even though I was working for most of the day. It's good to have escapes. I always encourage you guys to have escapes. You need to have something else going on in the world other than football and other than Arsenal. It's important to find those escapes. So I recommend that you do so. Um, so let's go into the chat box and tackle some of the questions, tackle some of your thoughts and your your theories, your concerns, if you've got any. And uh, yeah, we'll try and tackle as many as we can. Uh, Shameful One says, uh, do you think Arsenal are going to sign an out-and-out striker? Um, no, I don't, especially if we're going after Kai, uh, Kai Havertz. I think that will fulfill the, the acquisition of a a potential forward option, you know, the fact that you can play as a false nine, the fact that you can play as a second strike and can play with or instead of Gabriel Jesus. And I know, yes, he can play in that hybrid 8-10 position as well, but I think that that is going to fulfill Arsenal's desire for a potential forward option during this window. Uh, Just Vance says, reports suggest that Arsenal have already submitted a second offer of over 100 million for Declan Rice and I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. Personally, not heard that because I haven't chased up on that line yet. I'm not working today. Thankfully, I'm kind of glad I've got a couple of days off. Still doing the shows, of course, but I've got a couple of days off now. So I uh, <laughs> I certainly am going to enjoy those. Still going to keep across all things, but not having to write a significant number of articles in the next couple of days is going to be a much welcomed break. But yes, I'm sure that uh, that second bid, if not already, has gone in. I also saw a lot of people saying, you know, like the media is really behind things at the moment. Like we're seeing ITKs and people that have got their own sources in, inside the clubs or whatever, getting things first. I think what I always try to say to people that is that, and it's why you see me report very few things on transfers. I'm not the one to really, you know, go hard on the frequency of transfer news because I'd much rather be right than first. And I think, unfortunately, we're blending and bleeding into a world where being first counts more than being right. And that's burned a lot of people. So, uh, yes, there might be people behind the reality of the situation right now because they want to make sure that they've got their sources right and their information right on things. So I wouldn't certainly be 
um, undermining that rhetoric because I think it's always important that we get the right information rather than getting as fast as possible. Uh, Sam says, Tom, do you have a feeling like me that City are always linked because they want to keep all the players that are good away from their rivals? And that's why they signed Calvin Phillips, the same as potentially going for Declan Rice. Now, without a shadow of a doubt, Sam, and if you look at Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, PSG, the clubs that dominate other domestic leagues across Europe, uh, previously Juventus as well before their issues, then yes, that is what teams do. And that is what Manchester City will, of course, look to do. And also, I think that's what Arsenal want to do. Because if you think about what Arsenal have done since Arteta's come in, since compared to before when Arteta came in, is that we've seen a shift, a significant shift, a shift from signing players from abroad, a shift from signing players that like, we try and find the little gems. And we still do a couple, you know, now and then. But we're shifting towards looking at Premier League proven talent that we never used to do. You know, Arsene Wenger, we rarely saw Premier League players coming into the team. And if we did, they weren't like game changers for us. Our game changers were Meza Ozil from Real Madrid or Alexis Sanchez from Barcelona or Aubameyang from Dortmund, Lacazette from Lyon. You know, now if we're spending money, it's on Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, um, Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus. Leandro Trossard and uh, you look at this summer Arsenal again after entering a title race which no one expected them to do thanks to a lot of that recruitment are now moving to try and do a similar thing where they recruit Declan Rice they go for Kai Havertz you know there's that interest in Caicedo that they tried to get him in January Castagna's been mentioned you know there are Joao Cancelo The, the list goes on Arsenal are really trying to shift their way towards uh, bringing in Premier League proven players to get us moving ahead. That's that's what we want to see. Um, Vakian says, we still need a centre-back and a right-back, but haven't seen many concrete links for these positions. Who do you think we'll get in these areas? Um, I think we have seen quite a few, actually. You know, Simakan, uh, Sasha Bowie, Fresneda, uh, Castagna. And you, what you've got to remember as well is that... Uh, you've got to remember as well... The mother-in-law's ringing me. That's not good. <laughs> um but uh what i think is is important to remember is hold on i need to reply to this otherwise you know you know you guys know it is uh you you can't leave the mother-in-law on on red um but uh when it comes to where was i my head's completely gone (laughs) we need yeah so we've been linked to castagna we've been linked to cancelo bowie we've been linked to, to fresneda i think that one or the other is really important because we've got Ben White, who can cover at that right-sided centre-back role. Tommy Asu is still in the team. Um, you've brought Kivior in, who showed what he could do in that right centre-back position. If Arsenal were able to get one of a right-sided centre-back or a right-back, that, I think, is going to be the most important thing regarding... Um, you know, it's going to be the most important thing regarding that defensive area. So we need to make sure that we move for a, one of... The, at least one defender on that right-hand side. And if Kieran Tini moves on, then you need to be looking at bringing in at least one left-back as well. Uh, NVR says, is Kai really that better than Eddie Nketiah? Other than being techie, uh, what is he superior at? It's definitely not goal-scoring. Might as well give Eddie 200 grand a week. I know, NVR, you're not the biggest fan of Kai Havertz. What I would say is for the people that are really, really gunning for Kai Havertz, you're brave. I respect your bravery. I really do. And I really hope that you're going to be around to hold your hands up if he comes into Arsenal and does well. I really hope that's going to be the case. I also hope if he joins that you're going to hope that he's going to be successful as well, that the pride of your opinion prior to this is not going to endure and instead be more reflective of the situation. Um, Let's go to... Oh, I should answer the question. You know, physically, I think Havertz is better. He's not actually like Nketiah in any way, shape or form. Nketiah is your, you know, play in the six-yard box, get on the end of chances, finisher. That's what Eddie Nketiah is. He's very limited, I think, in what Eddie Nketiah has. Havertz, far more, far more versatile, false nine, second striker, hybrid 8-10, far more creative, far more physical, threat in the box, threat aerially as well. You know, you look at the goals he scored for Bayer Leverkusen in the box with crosses. His heading was really good there. And if we can add that and revive that level of form that we saw at Bayer Leverkusen, then we're in a really good chance to get a good player through the door as well and revive that potential that he had. Uh, Rev says, Tom, I'm not surprised that we don't end up buying Caicedo uh, as we are spending a lot on rice. Best case scenario is we will end up getting, uh, which I think would be a better value for money option, anyway 
Yoni says there is a legitimate chance City gets Rice while Chelsea gets Caicedo. Then what? Uh, we'll cross that bridge if we ever have to, Yoni. Until then, it's it's pointless. It's pointless me talking about a hypothetical scenario of, of complete chaos, which it would be, until it happens. I won't know how I feel. I won't know what to think until that happens. So it's like when people say, if Arteta fails next season, are you going to want him out? And I'm like, I've got to see what happens. <laughs> We've got to see what... I can't talk about a hypothetical scenario like that without experiencing it and seeing what happens. Uh, Wes says, quite often with Arsenal, you don't know who's coming in. And even if you do know, uh, we are heavily linked with, rarely end up getting those players. So let's just wait and see. And that's why I think it's so brave of some people to say, like, Edu out at this point. So brave of people to jump on and do videos with the words, like, embarrassing. You know, I really think it's going to be it's really going to be a, a difficult kind of place to come back from unless you're very apologetic, very humble. Um, <laughs> I just can't get the idea of being so anti-Arsenal right now after the season we've had, after the recruitment that we've done, after the position that we've put ourselves in, after putting a world record English bid, uh, it seems, for, for Declan Rice this summer. It's going to be very interesting to see how quickly people suddenly spin their opinions and spin their views on things uh, if indeed we end up having a very good window. Uh, but I, you know, I respect your bravery. I really do. Uh, Dr. Funky Punk says, Hey, Tom, do you reckon the FFP rules are limiting how much we're able to offer for players like Rice and why we've apparently pulled out the Caicedo deal? If they are... I I mean, who have, who have FFP burned? <laughs> like, which big club have FFP done anything to? Who is it scared away from doing anything? It's very difficult to see that, you know? It's very difficult to, to see us being able to um, not comply with FFP based upon what other clubs have done and not been punished. Stephen says, are we saying that everyone in the current Chelsea squad is poor because of form? I think they have been really poorly managed on previous talent. Havertz could be a gem that Arteta reproduces, I'm hopeful. I think that not everyone in that Chelsea squad is poor. I think, you know, obviously some players are not as good as others, but I think that a lot of that Chelsea team has been affected by, affected by bad management, bad coaching, an unstable environment, absolute chaos regarding a managerial situation, a bloated squad, no consistency, no stability, very difficult. And when Thomas Tuchel was there, you know, Thomas Tuchel got a lot out of Kai Havertz, you know, went on to win a Champions League with him scoring in that final against Manchester City. So, you know, under a good coach, what he's capable of producing. But at the moment, Chelsea is such a hectic, ridiculous environment that it's very difficult to make judgments on players that play there, which is why I kind of look towards the Bayer Leverkusen time that he spent there, especially that final season where he got 12 goals and six assists when he played as an attacking midfielder or he played as a centre forward at times and got some really good performances and showed what his talent was as well. Uh, Andre Brown says, to give Chelsea 60 million for a player that nobody else would pay for over 54 or giving Chelsea money to spend would be crazy. Um, it's crazy if it doesn't work. If it works really well, it's not crazy at all. What I would say is that it's an absolute risk. You know, there's no doubt in my mind, and as I've put that out there on a number of occasions when talking about Havertz, is that it's a risk. The signing is a risk, and it's completely on Arteta because Arteta will be the driving force behind this one. Arteta will be the one that says that he thinks that he can get the best out of Kai Havertz, that he can turn him into a player of real quality. So if Havertz ends up being a massive flop for Arsenal, if indeed we do sign, you know, that, in itself is going to be um, very much a finger pointed towards Arteta and go, well, we, you know, the club have backed you with the player that you wanted to get in Havertz and it's not worked out. But I'm hopeful that he is because record tells us that he's improving players individually. His man management of you know, individual coaching wise has been really good in terms of the, you know, in-game management that leaves more to be desired and hopefully something you can pr improve on. But you know, Jesus has got better. Zinchenko's got better. Saliba's got better. White's got better. Gabriel's got significantly better. Martinelli and Saka have got better. Odegaard's got significantly better. Xhaka got significantly better. You know, he has improved so much about the individual players. And if I, if he wants to bring a player in, I am inclined to agree that that is the right choice for because he's not given me an indication that that is the wrong one. When Arsenal have in, when Arsenal have tended to invest money and big money in players, only Fabio Vieira stands as really the only example. And even then, he wasn't a starter, as all the other ones we've really invested in, like why Odegaard, Ramsdale, Zinchenko, Jesus, the starters, you know, the players that are getting regular game time, he has proven to be able to show that that was a good investment for the club to make. Um, 
Zeus always dropping in a super chat. Very much appreciated. Loves getting his comments read out uh, from Rysalo to Kai Stanya. Only Arsenal. Make it make sense. City win trophies and we don't dress it up as success. Um, easiest decision of Rice's life. Let's see. I mean, let's see if you're wrong, Zeus. Uh, let's see if you're wrong. Raul says, how many quality players have flopped at Chelsea? They don't have the environment to grow a young player. Keep believing in Mikel Arteta and Edu. Ashish says, if we want to sign both Rice and Caicedo, we need to first get rid of all the players who are not in Arteta's plan. If we can't do that, then we're always going to be short on one or two positions. And he's right, you know. There's a lot of time left in this window and there's a lot of players that Arsenal need to shift. And maybe it turns out that Arsenal couldn't move for Caicedo early in the market because the money we were putting down for Declan Rice prevented that. And we knew that we needed to move players on and guarantee those players were going to be gone before we could move. But we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Leeds guy says, who is a tougher player to improve, Nicola Pepe or Kai Havertz? You'd have to assume it's Pepe because, of course, Arteta inherited Pepe. He would be choosing to sign Havertz because he believes Havertz suits the system of what he wants to do. Whereas inheriting a player like Pepe or Tierney, and it proves that, you know, they're not going to fit what they want, makes it much harder to improve or, you know, improve those players if they don't suit what you want from a player in the position that they play. If he signs Havertz, it'll be because he believes that is going to be a player that he can improve and suit the system that he's developing. Um, Rev says, Tom, uh, would you be happy with only Havertz and Gabby Jesus in our attack if we were to sell both Nketiah and Balogun? Yeah, because I think you've got Trossard as well. You know, I think Jesus, Havertz, Trossard, three really good options for that centre-forward position. Uh, the Runner Report says, Tom's blind faith in Mikel Dictator is admirable, but respectfully, sometimes slightly delusional. <laughs> hey, look. I think it's really disrespectful, to be honest, the whole dictatorship side of things of Arteta. How people can still have the guile to turn around and really try and undermine Mikel Arteta's possession based upon what he's done at this club, I find laughable, really laughable. Um, but, you know, you do you. SB says, do you think Raw Waters will be integrated into the first team squad next season? I'm not sure how. The only way that I see it happening is, of course, if, well, if we're in a situation where... Um, if we're in a situation where we don't manage to sign one of the fullbacks or defenders that we want to sign this summer, that's where I see the route opening up for him. But if we sign someone, very difficult to see that being the case. Uh, Mickey says, I think the Rice side of rumours were just a load of rubbish. Uh, we wanted either of them and Rice is the better option. Havertz is a genius strategy. I've had several uh, I've had several interchanges going on in my head since yesterday. It's almost like we're almost trying to convince ourselves though at points, isn't it? Like <laughs> I feel I do it sometimes. But uh, I just, if it happens, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. I'm curious to how it might work if we sign Havertz. So I want to give it the time of day. I want to give it the opportunity to see. I'm not going to rule. I'm not certainly going to rule it out. Um, but uh, I look forward to seeing if it does happen, what he's able to achieve with Kai Havertz. Um, you cast says, Tom Canton, you don't know football. I know. I know. It's almost like people wouldn't employ me. Uh, Yoni says, Tom, what do you think of Kone from München Gladbach? I think he's better than Lavia. He could be acquired for 50 million. Yeah, I mean, potentially. I think Kone is, is proven last season, along with uh, Turam, two of those you know very, very good midfielders. I think that Arteta and Arsenal at the moment are still certainly looking at uh, kind of Premier League proven players at the moment. That's what they want to bring in. That's what they want to fill the squad with. So they're less keen, it seems, on those players from abroad unless they're really sure on them like they seemingly were with Mudrick. Um, so let's wait and see. Raul says, Havertz tactical breakdown. Havertz tactical... Did you not watch... <laughs> of a tactical breakdown that was out yesterday. We've already done it. You can go and watch that tactical breakdown because it is already out on the channel. It is the last live upload before this one. So please, please do go and give it a watch. Um, Henry says, if we haven't actually been in for Kaiseido this summer, this Gundogan thing is interesting as we're still going to need another midfielder after Rice. And this is what's true. The truth and the facts of Arsenal summer is that A, we haven't approached Caicedo this summer. B, we have made an offer to Gundogan. C, we have made a bid that's been rejected and are expected, if not have already, to have placed a second bid for Declan Rice. Gundogan and Rice are seen as above the Caicedo situation. That's evident from the way we've approached these three players in different ways. One of them we have not approached. So, 
you know, there you go. Um, Raul, oh my God, it's already out. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. You can go and watch it, mate. Go and watch it. Um, Charlie says, Havertz is a quality player. We should be getting him cheaper than 50 million, though, in my opinion. I think the price is the biggest thing for a lot of people. I think seeing that 70 million pounds that Chelsea have wanted have really turned people off. If we were talking about getting Havertz for 40 million, maybe it'd be different. But uh, the money is, is, I think, really a big, big problem as well as the club that he plays for. I think that is also a bit of an issue as well. Uh, you know, I remember, play- it's funny because Arsenal have got a history of signing players that where they were at, it didn't work out. Some of the best players in Arsenal's history, you know, didn't ne- weren't seen as kind of like, oh, that's strange. Why they-, they didn't have the best of times there? You know, think about Thierry Henry at Juventus. Think about Dennis Bergkamp at Inter Milan. You know, Think about Alexis Sanchez at Barcelona. It didn't always work out for the players that we signed, you know, and they were high-profile players that moved to those big clubs with big reps. And then when they moved to Arsenal, when they fit into the system that suited them, they flourished. So that's why I'm always very much on the whole side of, okay, I might not be keen on this at first, and there's been players that I've not necessarily been keen on. Aaron Ramsdale, you know, for a lot of people, Aaron Ramsdale was a big no. So much so that they completely sacrificed any self-respect and went and abused him on social media. Was that you? Are you watching? Are you one of those people that sent abusive things on his Instagram? Be ashamed if you were. Um, and then obviously all of a sudden we've seen the improvement of of um, we've seen the improvement of of Aaron Ramsdale. We've seen what ultimately he's been able to bring into this team, um, which has been a lot. So. Let's wait and see um, what's, what we see happen with someone like, uh, you know, let's see what happened with someone like Havertz if indeed the deal does end up happening. Um, Franklin Goodwin says, we've never signed a player from Chelsea that has been a success. Um, I mean, I think that... I th- Oh, you can go away. Um, let's go to... I mean, in terms of like the, the, the whole Chelsea thing, just to tackle that for a second. I think when it comes to the the club, there's this kind of PTSD attitude, if you like. There's this PTSD element of, I think, the the Czech, the the David Luiz, the Williads of this world. You You can't just assess a player based upon the club they came from, you know. And I like Jorginho, as people are pointing out very, very rapidly in the chat box a lot. Jorginho has been good. Jorginho has been, for me, a really important signing for Arsenal. And you can't just attach a stigma to a player because of the club that they come from. It doesn't make any sense to do that at all. No, no sense whatsoever. So I don't buy into the whole, the Chelsea thing's not worked. And for that reason, we can't ever sign a player from Chelsea again. I've seen people suggest it about Man City, like with the Zinchenko and, and Jesus things, the whole, the idea of this, this mental block of trying to get over, we can't sign another player from City. We're trying to catch them. How can we catch them if we're signing players they're willing to let go? I can tell you the reason why. Because what they did at that club is not necessarily a signal of what they're going to do at Arsenal. A different environment, a different coach, different teammates, someone with different ideas, a new a refurbishment, a refresh. You got, as I agree with Leeds Gunner here, you've got a sta- you've got to let a player stand on his own merits. You've got to let a player do what they can do. And I'm not going to prejudge just because of the club that they come from. I think it's really ignorant to do that. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, Sam says, get Kai swap with Bayern for Kimmich or Goretzka. Um, I know either of Kimmich or Goretzka would be great additions to the Arsenal team, no doubt. But, uh, <laughs> Kai Havertz, I, you know, I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to do the mental gymnastics of how you do that. But, uh, let's, let's wait and see. Where's Tom? Please tell me that the mother-in-law is still not on hold. I've got a text saying, sorry, I didn't mean to call you. So there you go. <laughs> it's like, no one calls me at 8 a.m. Everyone knows the rule. You can't call me at 8 a.m. We're doing a show. Um, Clive says, Havertz is such an interesting player. The level at his best is elite. If Trossard can play the false nine, so can Havertz. I mean, if Clive talks, we listen. <laughs> it's the rule. It's how it works, is it not? I thought that's how it works. I think I agree, and I've said it for a time before even Clive entered my mind that I'm open to this idea of 
of uh, I was about to say I'm open to this idea of Clive at false nine. Um, I'm open to this idea of seeing Havertz in the Arsenal team because I just think that there is so much untapped potential there. There's so much kind of mystery about this. There's so much that wasn't dialed in on, you know, uh, at Chelsea. And what we saw at Bayer Leverkusen is a real exciting example of someone that I think can add so much. I love the physicality and the verticality of it. I love the the versatility of it. And I think that it's it's a bit of a mystery box, if you like. And sometimes you can get burned. You know, sometimes you can get burned with them. And it's, and it's absolutely, as I maintain, it's a risk, especially at the money that we're talking about. But I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and Clive says, not knowing is the fun. And that, I think, is what I'm trying to buy into with the Havertz thing and why I'm certainly not going to be one of those that completely rules out a potential move in the future for him. Um, <laughs> um, no, she's not a Charlton fan. She's a West Ham fan. So uh, she had a very good time with the Europa Conference League final. Very sad to see Declan Rice leave this summer. Uh, Keith says, morning, Tom. Question, sorry, I can't see us getting our targets now that City are in the frame. I just don't get why we can't get the deals over the line. It's disrespectful to try to lower the price just to do it. Keith, what I would say is that first offers very rarely get accepted. I do have personally a bit of an issue with the way in which we've approached the first offer. I think if it's true that we've made these six installment you know, offer to West Ham. It's it's never good to kind of, you know, I don't like, I, I saw Tim Stillman tweet yesterday that he finds it difficult to use words like insulting or embarrassing or derisory when we're talking about levels of money. And I tend to agree. I think it's, it's very strange to use these words of embarrassing. We're talking about this level of money. I think you need to be more professional, you know, when you're talking about that level of money or when reports are coming out or when the understanding of that, because this is, this is like, you know, in the, in the context of the social environment that we're in, calling these levels of money embarrassing, you know, is, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, Stuart says, Tom, why do you think young uh, youth players are wanting to leave Arsenal for other teams that seem to have worse pathways to the first team? Unfortunately, I think money is always going to be a factor. Young players can be tempted away by money. Um, I think that also the pathway at Arsenal isn't necessarily that obvious, you know, right now. Yes, we've seen Saka and Smith-Rowe and Nketiah and Nelson get opportunities. But as Arsenal get higher up the table and you look at Man City as the example, Man City aren't bringing through youth. You know, the only player they've really brought through is Phil Foden. They've signed young players but they're not really bringing through youth. So I think it's it's relatively normal. The percentages of players that actually make it at a senior level after coming through an academy at a Premier League club at the top level is very, very low. Very, very low indeed. Um, Salou says, with no European football and the signings Chelsea are making, I'm afraid that they will take uh, the league by storm this season. They will challenge for the league and we will struggle because of our awful signings. <laughs> We haven't even signed anyone yet. <laughs> and yet they're apparently awful. Um, Cole Palmer's not come through, Alex, by the way. Rico Lewis, again, he's come. He's, he's got minutes, but he's not... I don't see how he's going to get loads more time, but maybe maybe we see him get more minutes next season. But it doesn't look like he's going to be able to do that with the Ake, Akanji, Diaz, you know, the, what they've done. But going back to that, that point, I just, I, that question just caught my eye. Um, if you were afraid of Chelsea last season, I think you were very underwhelmed in the end of what season they had you know there's a lot of question marks about Chelsea um I'm certainly keeping my cards close to my chest regarding how I feel about Chelsea for next season because it's impossible to really make a strong predict uh, prediction on things so I'm not sure I'm not sure whether or not we are inclined to think that Chelsea are going to suddenly have an amazing season because they spent 600 million last year and look where they finished in the bottom half so it's very difficult to know um What's going to end up happening? Um, let's. We've got a couple more questions we can take, and uh, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, John says, uh, "Why do you think fans are so negative during transfer windows?" I think Edu and Arteta deserves our trust. I agree with the second part of this. That I think they they have earned the right for us to see what happens. That's what I think they've earned. I think we've. Earned, I think they have earned the right to um, for us to wait and see. You know, we can be critical. We can assess things as they go on, for sure. But I think that Edu and Arteta have earned the right to just, let's see how the window plays out. Let's see what business we do. 
let's see where we are when the season starts. You know, that's what I'm waiting to see. Um, and I think that when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to looking at what the club is capable of achieving, all we've done under these two is is move in a positive direction. We had to put the brakes on on the slide when they first came in, and that meant that we were like eighth, eighth, and we were kind of putting the brakes on the slide, clearing players out, rebuilding the squad, overhauling the wage structure, the age structure, all of that stuff. And then when we're trying to push forwards now, when we're trying to move to um, the areas of competing for titles, competing for Champions League, domestic cups, we are moving in that direction. There's, there's no evidence to suggest that we're not. So... For me, they've deserved the time. In terms of why do I think they're so negative, it's really easy to be negative. It's a lot more harder to be... Um, it's a lot harder to be constructive and grounded and objective, especially in content production, you know, especially in that realms. I could sit here and throw thumbnails and use words like embarrassing or, you know, I've done things in the past. You know, I've, I've used thumbnails like Arteta should be sacked after the Villarreal defeat, after the Man City 5-0 brawling. And it was really easy to do those shows, you know, just to kind of give in to the raw tribal anger that I felt after those games. It's really easy to be angry it's really easy to be sweary and abusive and you know get on boards you know what i would describe as hyperbolic you know support it's really easy to do that because like yeah puff your chest out we're arsenal you know that sort of thing you know it's really easy to do that it's not easy to try and do what i would describe as doing things in what i think is the grounded and the objective way and then throwing your hands up and saying you know what i was wrong on this so hard to do that so hard to do oh i was wrong I was really wrong on this. And, you know, for me, I think we should be signing Caicedo this summer. He might go to Chelsea and be terrible. I'll have to throw my hands up and say I was wrong. In the same sense of I was like, at the, at the end of kind of the Mudrick saga, I was like, oh, you know what? I think we should just throw 100 million euros in and get this deal done. Just get the player in. I was wrong. Thank goodness we didn't throw that 100 million euros on on Mudrick. And I'm like, fair play for Arteta and Edu to turn around and go, you know what? This is getting out of hand. We can't go this high. The numbers are ridiculous. Let's pull out. And yet I'm not sitting here going, oh, can't get our priorities. Can't sign Mudrick. We wanted him, couldn't get him. I'm actually like, no, fair enough for pulling out of that deal. Fair enough for not being, you know, um, overcommitted in a deal for that went way beyond what uh, way beyond it is. Uh, Chun Ho says the bashing in this chat on Tommy's mat. <laughs> it's the transfer window. I'm used to it. Uh, it's what happens. You know, as long as people are respectful, I don't care. You know, if you disagree with me, that's absolutely fine. But no issue if you disagree with my point of view. You know, you got to do it respectfully. I don't mind. You know, in that sense, you got to be able to do it in a respectful way. But personally, I just I, I haven't got time for for the abuse. We, you know, you have a. In my opinion, if you if you create a community, you have a responsibility to look after that community to, to kind of mold it in a way that you which you feel is the way forwards for it. And I feel personally, it's it's one of respect and it's one of making sure that opinions are heard if they are done in a respectful way and that they're not done in an abusive way. Um, and it's still hard. It's still hard to be told you're wrong. You know, it's still hard. And I trust me. How many times have I? Have I done phone-in shows with you guys and encouraged people to come on that disagree with me? I do it all the time. And we really struggle, don't we? We really struggle to get the people on that really do vehemently disagree and that can throw a comment into a chat box and say, Tom, you're talking rubbish. Tom, this is rubbish. Edu out, Arteta out. But to come on and actually have a conversation and put across, put across coherent points and arguments explaining to me why I'm wrong and why they're right, we rarely see it happen, if ever. No, and even then when we do, you know, we tend to have a really good discussion and end up agreeing on a few points anyway. So that's what I mean. And like, you know, for instance, let's take this comment from the Rona report. Giving dictated the benefit of the doubt, what we're saying is success looks like for the season for me, if not the league and the second in a trophy and two is only acceptable thing. Rona, I encourage you, drop me a DM. Drop me a DM on Instagram, drop me a DM on Twitter, drop me a DM anywhere. Come on the show. And talk to me. Tell me why Arteta is a quote-unquote dictator. Come and tell me this. Because that's what I want to hear is I want to hear the difference of opinion. I want to hear your thoughts. And we're going to be doing plenty of phone-in shows across the season. I might do one today. I'm off today. I might do one in the afternoon. Let's wait and see. But uh, it is a Friday. It's a weekday. It's a work day. So maybe it's uh, it's less good time-wise. But uh, I, I really encourage you to be to disagree with me if you want. But you've got to back it up, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to back yourselves. I know. I don't like the whole, we're Arsenal Football Club. Puff your chest out. Speak in a grunty voice. You know, I get it. But it's 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 really inspiring. <laughs> but uh, you got to back it up with reason. You really do. Um, Sam says, Tom, you got to speak to my friend Charlie. He's always negative about Arsenal. And look, I think I understand why people can be negative. I understand why, you know, we've we've longed for a title for so long. We've been without a title for so many years. Um, and we're constantly told to be more patient and just wait and just see what happens. And it must get so angry and frustrating, and I get that. But it's sport. You're not entitled to anything. You can't have an expectation of winning the league. You can aim for it, but in my view, you can't expect it because it's sport. Otherwise, that sport would be proper boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's not how it works. So, yeah, there you go. Um, have we got time for a couple more? Do we want a couple more questions? Uh, I think we do want a few more questions, don't we? Uh, Neil says, do Brighton really want 120 million for Caicedo? Wow, no chance any club plays that and fair play to them, but the player will be annoyed if he doesn't get a move as he was promised. And he was promised a move, but I saw reports yesterday, I think it was Matt Law reported that Brighton are holding out for 120 million pounds. So I tweeted saying, wow, Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo for 240 million pounds. How much money are we going to start spending on players? And the thing is, you can't blame Brighton and West Ham for asking for these levels of of money. You can't blame them, can you? Because clubs like Chelsea have paid it. Clubs like Chelsea have gone to Enzo Fernandez and paid 100 plus million quid for a guy who's relatively unproven, that's had a decent year or two in the Portuguese league. 100 million quid plus. A, a transfer record for the Premier League. How who can blame Brighton and uh, you know because Brighton have got a player that I think is better than Enzo Fernandez, I think Casado is better than Fernandez, and so because of that Brighton can turn around and well if he's been sold for this amount the same was what Shakhtar did with Anthony Anthony is a deplorable footballer, like a really average footballer, and yet Man United paid a hundred million euros odd to Ajax to get him, and yet so when anyone else is selling Mudrick, do you know what I mean like that, I just don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but I just, I just can't get it. I really can't. Um, I should do a quick check, you know, because I always like to do this whenever I've said. So uh, I'm assuming let's rock and roll says the Rona report. So I'm assuming that means I must have a message on social media. We're doing a live check. Have we received a message on any of our socials? I'm searching. I'm doing this quick search. Have we received a DM? Struggling. <laughs> I've not seen one yet. Oh, have we? Oh. No, not the right person. No DM. That's a real shame. It's a real shame. We try again, people. <laughs> we try again. Maybe the next one will come on. Maybe the next one will. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. As always, it is very much appreciated. Um, I look forward to having conversations with you tomorrow morning. There may be a phone-in show a little bit later on uh, today. I look forward to it, uh, if there indeed is one. Uh, I might be jumping on a couple of other shows as well. Um, it's Friday. You've made it to the end of the week. Congratulations. It's always good to reach a Friday. It's good knowing that the weekend is coming up. A couple of days off. Do us the world of good. Stay safe. Stay well. Rest. And don't stare at your phone all day. You know, I know it's tempting to do that. I know it's tempting to constantly refresh your feeds and constantly demand more updates. You know, try and have a break. Try and take your mind off football if you can. And then come back and watch the show. <laughs> always appreciate you doing so. Have a fantastic Friday, people. And uh, I'll see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.